This episode is sponsored by Overcast, a better podcast app than whatever you're using right now. Unless it's Overcast. Get Overcast for free on the App Store. Yeah, 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 yeah. We have limited time. We got to get going. Unji's at 23% on our computer. She can't charge her laptop and go into the microphone at the same time. We got to do a speed, sped up version. It's time for Kick Ass Koreans. Kia! My Kick Ass Korean today is none other than the Reese's Quartet at R I S U S Quartet. They have won the grand prize at the Fish Off Chamber Music Competition Ooh. 2021. What does that mean? It's the biggest chamber music competition in the country, I believe. Uh, maybe the world. They did receive a price of U.S. $13,500 plus a number of important domestic and international performing opportunities. Now, these four young ladies, young women from Korea, yes. Henny Lee and Ji Yoon Yu are the violinists. The violist is Mary Eun Kyung Chang and the cellist is Bo Be Lee. Coolest name out of the, all four of them. Wow. Uh, they are the University of Texas based in Austin. I was just in Austin for my cousin's wedding. Yes, how was and that? I, oh, we'll talk it was it. amazing. Yeah. We'll get into it. Yes. But I talked, uh, I, I wanted to go watch them because they were doing something called uh, Beer Toven, where <laughs> um, you drink beer and their snacks and you listen to Beethoven. And I was like, this sounds right on my alley. <laughs> so I booked tickets to that uh, for me and Eric. We went to Austin. Um, dinner got late. We landed late. Everything got sh shoved back, so we missed them. So I, I, I've been watching YouTube videos of them. They're so sharp and f cool and young and hot. I, I, I was very upset that I didn't get to watch them. But I thought, you know what? This is my donation, $50 tickets. I hope you got a lot of the 50 And it, I was so upset. Yeah. I, actually, I was like, why did I buy tickets early? I have like that. I'm always like Sarcha like that. I can't just relax. I got to be like, we got to do something and you get are. out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, I'm I'm a terror. Anyway, <laughs> You're a Reese's Quartet. <laughs> Reese's Quartet. Go check them out at R-I-S-U-S Quartet. That's my kick-ass Korean. Oh, that's so great. Um, my kick-ass Korean is going to be Ann Kim. She um, right. was, she's on the, she's on the pizza episode of Chef's Table mm. Pizza, mm. and she okay. is a a, a a pizzeria a pizzeria owner in um, Minnesota, and mm. she's just you know they started. Um, she's just someone that seems like very low key. She talks about growing. You guys just have to watch it. It's cry worthy. She's someone that is very much coming from our type of background in terms of immigrant experience, Korean American experience. Um, there's a shout out to Old Country Buffet, which was a fancy night out. Something that I deeply identified with. Um, uh -huh. It's a it's a mid, distinctly Midwestern thing as well. The Old Country Buffet. Mm. Um, it's oh, I've been and shouted out of there many many times <laughs> in Michigan. It was a celebratory event. Yeah. It's anytime finals were over, like we're we were there. OCB. <laughs> OCB. Truly. Uh -huh. I, and so just watching, you know, it's a very similar story to like all of us where there is a certain expectation it uh, about success, what that looks like, and then shirking those expectations off of yourself. And all compiled with this 
story about food and your relationship with it that's so deeply embedded into the Korean American experience. Um, like, I, I just think there's some, some, something about a culture and your connection to the food that is so deeply mm. primal that any immigrant population, no matter how, quote unquote, Americanized or whitewashed you become, there is something about the, the sizzle of whatever meat your country uh, sizzles, the, the wafting of whatever spice your country decides to use. There's something about it that um, is, you know, just as like as primordial and like sense memory part mm-hmm. of you that calls into um, like calls into your connection with your culture. It's just it's a gorgeous sort of um, story. Food can for me, food can really is magic. It, can, it is. It, it vanquishes hate because <laughs> let me tell you, the only thing standing between me and my racist self is your people's food. That one day I want to go to your people's land. And eat right. That's really what's making me embrace other people's culture. So, like, 100%. let's shout it out to food. And, yeah. that, and the other part of this is that she is going to be 50 uh, pretty soon. And she didn't figure out what she wanted to do. She didn't even start cooking until she was in her late 30s. So, her 40s were the that's most. Late. That's what I mean. And her 40s were the most vibrant, quote, unquote, de- quote, vibrant decade of my life. So, as someone who has entered. <sighs> I'm ready for it. That's what I mean. I'm ready for I, it. I, I, I need some vibrancy. I love to be vibrant. I'm honey. <laughs> she's a vibrant thing. <laughs> a, a vibrant, vibrant thing. thing. A vibrant thing. <laughs> that's for us. That's, that's the <laughs> that's for the millennials. That's for the old hag millennials that are like really drips of Gen X. Yeah, that truly like like really loved and remembers the neo soul movement. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know I still play Sade when I have sex? <laughs> I still <laughs> By the way, which I just heard a rumor that Sweet Like Taboo is about heroin. What? I don't know if you can confirm or deny, but if y'all have some information, please add us and let us know. <laughs> All right. That's our kick-ass Koreans. Go check them out. Go support them. Um, we're not going to be right back. We're going to just keep on chugging because there's no time for breaks. Unji's at 16%. we got to get through this episode. All right? Now, what you were talking about this pizza chef, Anne. Yes. And it really made me... Um, it really made me smile because this week, I've been having a tough week. I ate Ooh. pizza last night. Okay. And I think that was also manifested from me watching you on Best in Dough and Hulu <laughs> oh all week as truly, and the other hosts too, but you know, I'm on episode seven. I'm caught up. Uh, and I uh, know episode eight, I'm caught up. And I, it, listen, is it a, a groundbreaking show like Chef's Table? No. Absolutely not. <laughs> is it fun and dorky and lovable? And shiny and kind of like hints of um, what's that show? Uh, Nailed it. Like yes. sometimes it comes it comes out like doo-doo and fucked up. Yes. And but not because they're like trying to make it doo-doo. Like they really are trying. They're trying and their it's best. Like just, the episode with the moms, yes. the mom and daughter episode. Yes. That really killed me because that Asian girl, I was like, that is me. This little fucking bossy bitch is truly me in the kitchen if my mom touches something and i saw her mom she fucking was, up that dough her mom was okay? so nervous 
she was so nervous she couldn't even talk. She lost her voice when so they were when they were doing the fucking confessionals. Yes. You couldn't even hear her mom talking, and that's exactly what the daughter wanted. She was like, "Silence, woman. I'm in charge." She she at one point like hit her mom's hand out of the way. Yes. I was like, "This is what are you? This white people are watching." Yeah. Okay. Whatever your name was, Hannah, or whatever your name, Sarah. White people are watching. You cannot be t slapping your mom's hand away like that. And I, uh, it was just so funny. And watching you react to that. And they showed a picture of Saul, you and Saul. Yeah. Um, together eating creme fresh and berries. Like, it was just so cute. And if you're not watching Best in Dough, you're missing out. You have to just put it on. It's comfort. It's kind of how I watch Abbott Elementary. Yeah. It's just comfortable. It's yeah. yummy. Like, you just like, there's something about, like, the structure of television that you can just put on in the background without having to like squint and possibly look for a dragon somewhere. Like I was just like, <laughs> I'm sick of these. I love high fantasy, but like I just really need something in the background. And Bessendo is one of these shows that like, and you, Unji, like is so, your outfits, your mug, the hair, it looks so good. You look so fucking good and it's so fun. I. Kudos to you guys. It's really, really. I'm it's, excited. I'm, I'm so glad. I know you, you haven't like seen it. I am not. I know you guys still haven't seen it, which is crazy to me. I'm like, you really need to see this. I was telling you, you watching yourself on this, I think will be therapy because you'll be like, oh my god, like I look great and I'm smart and I'm funny and people like me and like you're making like good quality um, like talk back. You know what I mean? It's not just like, okay, it's tasty. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're saying things that like make sense. And like, I'm like, oh yeah. You know, like it, it totally works. Okay. I'm yeah. grateful. So if you guys could let me know <laughs> what you think about it, cause I am not. A psycho. <laughs> I mean, eventually I'm not psycho. saying that I, I'm not saying that I'm never going to watch it. This is your national television debut. And you're like, I can't. And, and no, that's not true. You've been on like other shows, but as like, a main like you have lines in this you yes, have jokes yes. you have moments yes. you have you're setting up shit like yes. i don't know what you call them but like contestants you must da 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 yeah. and da -da, this is your out of the box challenge like you're setting shit up bitch yeah. you're not just like in the background being a dead body on a cbs <laughs> drama even though <laughs> no my shade. dead body work was very good <laughs> was strong yeah it's one of the best in the biz and you do get called in for that <laughs> But this is beyond. I think like this is like really I truly Eric walked in and I was like doing yoga and had you on in the background yeah. and he's like this is sick. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like what? It's comforting. It's comfortable and it was like one of those days I was I was having like a neurotic bad day and I just needed to watch like fluff television all day and it okay. was just like Mwah, perfect. Oh so wait, so what's going on? What was why are you having such a neurotic time? I'm just having a hard time right now. Well, there's a lot like layered okay. things happening. Let me take it way, way back. Please. To LSD. Okay. Not the drug, <laughs> Larry in the Sky with Diamonds, the project <laughs> that I just filmed. Yes. It was. It looks so I, good. It. I it's like you. I can't really tell. Yeah. I haven't wa I haven't watched a single clip. Sure. I haven't seen a single frame. I know. Um, on purpose because well, we're in production, so I'm not gonna like go look at my frame while I'm on it. I can't. And secondly, I told the director 
slash my co-writer, mm-hmm. I need you to stay on top of this. Make me look skinny and fucking cute. Like, don't <laughs> put the sh- a weird angle on me where you can see all my chins yeah. and, like, you know, up my nostril. Like, just make me look cute. And the DP, thank God, she is, like, a genius from Harvard. She, like, studied math- mathematics. Ooh. Um, isometry. Or she, like, used isometry to figure out a DP issue. And I'm like, what the fuck? Isometry? This- she- Isometry. I didn't even. I was what, like, yeah, I know. I know what that is. I, I know don't what, even that know what that is. is. I have no. Isosceles triangles and geometry. I think, but <laughs> that's just like a really stupid guess. Anyway. Isometry. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I'll have to look it up. I honestly didn't even want to look it up because I was like, what if I look it up and I like read it? And I'm like, I still don't get it. Then I'm gonna look feel really bad. Yeah. I, so I, I will I'm, tell you, but I've looked it up. I still don't understand. There you go. Yeah. It's not for us to know. No. It's <laughs> it's for like brilliant people. <laughs> I have so no idea I, I, I trusted her. She knows angles, I'm assuming. Yeah. So, um, and like focal length and stuff like that. She was throwing out a lot, a lot of numbers while fixing the camera. So I was oh like, this bitch knows what she's focal doing. Length. And I was like, wow, hot. And she was pumping at the same time, like the entire time. Ah! Like it was so cool. And she's just a badass. Yeah. So I felt taken care of by her and sure. the director and the support cast. Everybody felt supportive. Now, with that being said... Was it the hardest thing I've ever done in my life? Yes, absolutely. It was five days of 12-hour shoots, overnight shoots to 4 a.m. Ah! on a roof of a building. Like, it was... Let me say that being first on the call sheet on a project that's my own... Yeah. ...and a skeleton crew... Sure. ...is really the way... I should have been first on the call sheet because nobody fucking cared who I was. Everybody was there being like, move. (laughs) (laughs) Move out the way. Like it was so no one gave a fuck who I was, which was which is great. They shouldn't. Who the fuck am I? Right. And secondly, no one catered to me. I was. Yes. Even the makeup person was like, what? And I was just like, okay, hi, sorry to bother you. Like, <laughs> no, they were great. They were great. But you know what I mean? Like, they just don't have a reason to make me feel special. So I really didn't feel special. I felt very insecure about my acting because I just generally do because I never do it. Yeah. I I felt I was tired and hot there was it was a 1920s apartment building with no built-in air conditioning so we had to turn off the air conditioners wall units okay. every time we had to shoot and sure. we're shooting a yeah, lot because there's no hv in, or ac in this situation. Not, none no. of that a b c d or g yes. like there was nothing providing any relief and of course i chose i didn't choose i offered a choice of sweater vest and they said yes that and that was what my character wore for most of the pilot. Oh my so god! So I was hot. dripping sweat, so hot. It was. It was the hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah. And I thought that acting thing that I did last year was hard. Yeah. This was harder. Really. This was harder. It was like, just like the mental acuity I needed to possess, to. Go sh- shot after shot after shot after shot. I'm in literally every scene. Yeah. Almost every shot. And, you know, in the reversals, I'm sitting there for eyeline. I'm not like, and even if I if I got to take a break, it's not like there's like a holding area for actors like that has snacks and, air, you know, like cool air. Like 
I'm just like literally sitting next to you while you shoot and this <laughs> hot camera's blowing exhaust in my face. Like it is, it was so hard. It was so, so hard. But I think one of the things that really got me through it was that a, I felt very lucky that someone brought me a project yeah. and, and is funding it. And B, everyone was miserable, but everyone was bringing a thousand percent. Wow. So, and the guest actors, and no one's getting paid. This is a deferred SAG job. So everyone was doing this on, as a favor. Really? You know, everyone, no one got paid for five days. And these guys showed up every day, you know, like early. Yeah. And the camera crew, DP had an all-female crew. Uh, one key grip who was a black guy. Like, it was just so chill. And everybody was professional. So it made me professional. Even yeah. though I wanted to, like, jump out of my skin and scream and be like, do we have to do this? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, when when the AD calls, like, okay, we're going one more time. I just want to scream, like, Really? Really? Do we have to go one more time? I think we got it. You know, like, that's what I want to scream. But, of course, like, everyone's being professional, so I'm keeping the Han. You know, I'm, I'm like, controlling <laughs> the Han classes, Han lessons. So, overall, it was an amazing experience. It was the hardest thing I've ever done. I learned a lot, and I hope it turns out pretty and somewhat interesting that's i'm hoping it sounds like it and, will at the very least pretty because everyone in it is pretty the asamateur was there to assure <laughs> that the angles were good my asamatrist yes your asamatrist was there to assure good angles I mean, you know, yeah. having done a few of these like independent <laughs> movies, like there is a value to it. You know, you, you, like is yes. insofar as especially if you're working with professionals, like real people. Mm. We've been on a few mm -hmm. sets uh, with like indie things, but they're it's they're not professional, and you don't feel safe. Blind leading the blind. Yeah, it's just a bunch of bunch of comedy friends, like exactly. You know, and yeah. you don't feel yeah. safe creatively. Mm -hmm. Like not so far as like. You're going to stretch. You're not learning new things. You're just bringing and you're figuring it out. But having been mm -hmm. on a few sets where, like, you feel safe, you are trusted, you are trusting, it is actually uh, an incredibly powerful experience. Power giving? Uh, uh, yes. Pow powerful. Like, oh, right. This is what a spontaneous, like, sort of collaboration between yes. people can be. Uh, it's yes. the best parts of improv even I would say like how it feels like you're all working together that's what it felt like yeah yes as a team as a unit as yes. a team everyone is putting in their piece yes. everyone's it hurts and it's hot and it sucks and you're sweaty but everyone's going we could get it one more time yes. like hambamando you yeah. know like hebojai like this kind of like aja asa spirit mm -hmm. like it was it, it was invigorating it was very powerful it did make me go, fuck, I want to do this. Yeah. I, like, want to do this. I I can do this. I could have something in my brain and I could put it on a piece of paper or, like, screen or whatever. Someone else could read it and then we could be on screen together and have this moment that I played out in my brain mm -hmm. be captured on camera. And created that together. 
create and bring it to life together. Yes. Yes. And this person brought my words to life even better than I could have imagined that if I played all parts like Eddie Murphy. You know what I mean? Like. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever the Wayans brothers, whoever the new new version of that is. I did not not expect Eddie Murphy to make an appearance in our pod in this way. Cast today. Well, you know what? That's why you you listen to the Ajima podcast. Because it's just, you never know. You never know what you're going to get. But yeah, I... You're right. Everyone was hot. Yeah. On the cast. Like, okay, do you have time for me to go into this story? Yes. I'm at five. Go. Five percent? It's fine. I trust. Okay, okay. Let me tell this quick story. And if we putter out, we putter out. (laughs) Oh, why don't you do this, Unji? What? Change it over to the power uh-huh. and then record the rest on your Air Max speakers. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'll do that. Um, Sorry, guys. <laughs> Clearly, we've, we're, we've turned 40 and or she's turned 40 and I'm turning 40 and we don't know how things work anymore. Um, the technology is really failing us and our like brains are atrophying. I need to buy a new computer and I just refuse to buy it. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to help. I really don't. This is inherent to your system, your body, your soul. Something is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so listener, sure listeners and Unji will know that I have been feeling as of late pretty non-sexual. Just kind of like over it, not, I don't want to be touched. I don't want to touch. The whole idea of bringing each other to orgasm feels like work. You know, and I've been together with my partner for seven years, and that's just something that happens. And we have talked about it openly, and we are in conversation about it. Now, during this shoot for LSD, I had an intimate scene and it was my first intimate scene that I had ever done on camera, on stage, anything like that. Fully like making out, groping, just getting into it. Explain, explain the scenario. Yeah. And how intimate. Okay. So the scene is I go to hook up with someone because I'm, I've been dumped and I just want to, my gay uncle who's dead, who's a hallucination because of LSD. That's the whole premise. He's like pressuring me to go out and like get my pipes clean, so to speak. So I go to hook up with this guy, this very handsome, just chiseled um, black man who just looks like a statue and feels like a statue, okay? And just hot. And beyond physically, there was the way he looked at me, like this is how why I think actor actors are psychos and we have to be we have to be scared of them because we locked in. We had an intimacy coordinator by the way, which I think everyone should have because it really like choreographed the whole thing. It's like what you were saying before about like being around professionals will help you be more creative because you let go and you trust. She made us ver- that, very that. We're like, okay, we've 
practice. Like my left hand is on your left hand. I am grabbing your butt. I am pulling you in. You're kissing my neck. I am, um, sh- sh- you know, whatever, like grabbing your junk, whatever. Yeah. And we all talked about what we wanted grabbed and what we didn't and how we could fake certain things need if needed be or whatever. Right. And I was very like open about like, I'm willing to go anywhere. I'm fine as long as you're fine. And I, but let's just like talk this out. So we were both at on the same page and then we start getting into it. Like, because when we practice, we practice our lines. And then when we're making out and doing the intimate part, um, and he's supposed to like feign jerking me off on top of a speed queen. which I do make a joke about. And it is, it's very sensual and like hot and erotic. And wait, so the the camera stays with you the entire hookup, like from beginning, middle and end. The end is not ejaculation. The end is we get interrupted by a nosy neighbor. Coitus interruptus. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> like the like the best of us. <laughs> but it is but the camera is with you through like the sort of the heightening. The yeah. Yes. High watermark. Yes. The, yes. From the beginning of like, wait, where are we to oh, this is sexy. Oh wait, hold on. You have a boyfriend? Wait, I don't care because this is so hot. <gasps> oh my god, I'm gonna come and then getting interrupted and then leaving and then having a button out. So, like, yeah, they're tracking me the entire time. They're doing close-ups. You know, like, they're really getting into my face, This, you know. And so I have to be real ah! or I have to – it has to feel real. And let me tell you, this guy told me that he had been doing, like, a stage play where he has to, like, fake sex and all that. And, and he's done these, like – you know, on-screen things, so he feels comfortable now, but it was very uncomfortable before. And he, the second we locked eyes, this is, we were just, like, in character and, like, hot. And so hot where we're, like, making out and he's about to, like, pull down my pants, like, fake pull down my pants, and I had to, like, push him away and say, cut. Because I had gotten rock hard and I had to be like, hey, need a second. And everybody was like, oh, okay. And everyone just kind of like turned around and murmured. And he just like was like, oh, okay. And then he like put his hand on my thigh and he was like, it's okay. And And I I was was like, like, this is not helping me not get hard. It's only making me more hard. It's harder. It's harder. <laughs> it's ripping out of its skin. You're not helping, was, sir. You're not. I was like, go away. Go away. And, and like, like, it wait, was. Are you not allowed to be hard? Or did you just feel It's just not professional. It's not professional to like get hard. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just like. Yeah. Is it and not professional felt, or I, is it like you are committing? Your body is committing. My body's my body saying no. My body saying yes. 
<laughs> yeah, it was my body was saying, "Oh my god, I want this right now." It was almost like because we were in such a heavy makeout, right? And like, like we were all over each other. The camera disappeared. Director disappeared. Everyone did the boom mic disappeared. Everything disappeared, and it was we were like in the moment hot. Like I could have fucked him right there. You know what I mean? Like truly would have like, and I wanted to, like I wanted to be like, like primal fucking. Yes. And it, I hadn't felt that in a long time. I know. Like listening to you talk about it, I'm like, what? Uh, Yeah. I'm like, how, (laughs) you know, this kind of thing. And here's the thing, like. Have I hooked up? Eric and I are in a, you know, open relationships. So, like, I, I've hooked up with other people, but, like, it's rarely that hot. It's, like, kind of clumsy and, like, okay, we came by. You know, like, it's very that. So, like, it's it's rarely, like, I want you and we're connected and we're staring in each other's eyes and we're being, like, romantic. And, like, you know what I mean? Like, that's – although this is not real either. This is absolutely put on. Yeah, it is an we're in on a set and people are watching us and we're being filmed. But there was something about letting go, letting my brain go of I'm not Peter. You're not James. We're just two energies like just clashing. And there was something so fucking hot about that. Obviously, I got erect yes. and I had to push him off for like minutes and then I'm so erect. I had to like breathe. I, had to, <laughs> I am currently you're standing uh, at attention. <laughs> you and your baby are both fully erect right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and here's what I came back home and I was like, Eric, take those fucking pants off right now. You know what I mean? Like I felt horny for him. So I like got horny outside and brought it back into the home because, you know, I was like sexually edged from being on set with this man who like were were simulating sex you know like ugh, i don't know it, it's it was a very odd experience thank you shout out to my scene partner who was so professional and i'm so sorry i had to push you away <laughs> <laughs> so what happened you pushed him away you took a couple of uh, minutes and then yeah it took a couple of beats and then i was like okay Let's go again, and then we're ready to go again. So, I mean, you know, it was a brief moment, but uh, and it was a moment in my briefs, but it was. But it was just. I'm sure other actors. You know, there's many sex scenes that have filmed in the entirety of the history of cinema and film and TV, but. It was my first experience and it was as devastating as that moment was. It really gave me a sense of like revived sexual energy. Yes. (sighs) That I'm trying to like upkeep and like keep in the air. I mean, do you think like if there is something about not just that connection with another person because what you're describing isn't just the hotness of like him being attractive and this whole losing yourself it's the fact that you're both being incredibly present which is sort of artificial because no one's present yes no one's in real life who's present no one i've never looked into anyone's eyeballs (laughs) 
it was intoxicating to be fully present. Because, I mean, you see it sometimes when people are, like, falling in love. You'll see it at a park. You'll see it at the bar mm-hmm. where, like, people, you can just see the world falling away. Yeah. And they're yeah. existing That's just... That's what it felt like. Yes. Yeah. That's what it felt like. And it's and it's oftentimes, like, the, you know, the intoxicating aroma of pheromones, alcohol, the night, and, like, two people that are, for whatever reason... Uh, Able to hold together. Yes. Loin to loin. Loin to yes. loin. That's why I talk about loin pull. It is a spontaneity. Yes. There's something very primal about it, but that is it's a, a, such a base layer of it. It also is being able to be present and feeling, being willing to mm-hmm. feel that at all. You know, mm-hmm. there's this, there's mm-hmm. just like a, there's just a primal order to attraction, honey. Like it just doesn't yes. matter. Like it doesn't matter yeah. how much you intellectualize. There's just a primal order to things. Like how often do you just walk across, walk by someone where you're like, oh, like if we were living in a different time, we would, yeah. we could fuck. Be fuck. Yes. I, I, I mean, not often because I live in LA, but <laughs> I get it. <laughs> And maybe that's why I haven't had it in so long because I, I haven't been out. Pandemic, quarantine, just moving to a house in East LA. Like I just felt very sedentary. And filming this thing, I, I got to have these new experiences. And it just felt, it felt, I felt drunk. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, it felt I think really it, good. It, it's like there's a reason why uh, sex is so um, is like people get addicted to sex. It does mm-hmm. create there is that something about it that it's intoxicating, and you know what? It, it's a high because it's a part of um, a type of fulfillment that you're able to experience that has nothing to do with intellect or social status or anything that you build. It is simply, simply, it is. And so it is. is. And so there's something so natural about it. And what I mean, I'm not like it's organic or anything. I'm saying like, it is like a force of nature. Like you can't do anything to manufacture that. No. I, I don't know how to explain. I mean, we did manufacture it, but. But I mean, the kind of intensity and sort of it was, chemistry that you're yeah. experiencing is not. You could have had it with another. You could have done a successful uh, sex scene with someone else. But the connection you're describing, that's also coming up. Come on. At a base it level. It was unreal. Yeah. It was unreal. It was. And it was so like. It was so thick in the room. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the director was like pink in the face, like, oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, speaking of pink in the face, you're glowing. You are in full pregnancy. How's everything going? Give us the 411 on what's been happening. Oh, wait, wait a second. I, I have to just. Are you back? back? Yeah, wait a second. Okay, we're back. <laughs> Squeaking by, baby. Here we go. No, I just need to know a little more about this. So after you did this, after you filmed, 
Both of you are somewhat breathless. Wait, we're back onto me? Let me just do this for You know what? We're on to. Okay. We're, we're back onto you, but also, I do need this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Granted, I. I you you're know, getting horny the, for the. Our listeners need it yeah, too. Yeah, you're getting horny for all of us. And so we all, it, it feels good because also some of it is at the end of the day, we're all on antidepressants and it uh, for sure like has <laughs> a, something to do with it. Like not being able to ex- yes. experience that type of horniness all the time. Hi. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And you know, and it's there. And especially if you are, I mean, we've talked about this. Like I, we are both pretty sexual people, like pretty horny people. And it, this has been uh, strange a bit of a relief to have some mm-hmm. sp- bandwidth and some space in my fucking life that isn't horn- horny. Right. It's, right, it, right. It is, it's been it's good. Been good. It's, yeah. it's just like, oh, right. My desk doesn't always have to be so messy. Like, I can. <laughs> it's nice that it's clear for a second. Um, but it is so fundamentally a part of my uh, inner life. Mm-hmm. You know, and like how you interact with people and it's like it, it is what you were describing like thickness of it like mm-hmm. it, like you know mm-hmm. it it it's it's it thickens interactions you have with people out in the world you know whether it's yeah. a barista whether it's a whoever you know what i mean it's like your mailman yeah, yeah. <laughs> the lady at the chipotle like you know what i mean like it thickens mm-hmm. it thickens interactions and it um, girds you, you know, it like it bold, it, it just gives you a little bit of sustenance, a little pep in your steps, you know, what, so be it. But like, I just have to ask, so at the end of this, mm-hmm. so you had to remain f- flaccid for the rest of it. Yes, I had to. <laughs> <laughs> for everyone's good, I had to keep it flaccid. <laughs> And then, yeah, okay, uh huh. And then afterwards, Mm -hmm. can you talk to this person? Yes, like so. It that's what's so like scary about actors is that they could like turn it on and off. You know what I mean, like that, and they could switch on and off, and afterwards. By the way, let me just backtrack. After we do the scene or when they're repositioning the camera and whatever, doing it, you know, a different angle, he's, we're like holding hands and he's like holding my waist and I'm like rubbing his back and his upper butt and like, we're like staying in it, in it. And it wasn't a decision we made. Right. It wasn't a, hey, by the way, let's do this or whatever. Like, it just was natural. And I have, if I have to break it down, he was initiating. Ooh. So, yeah, he, and I, I didn't think of it as anything else than he's, he wants to remain in it, in the moment, in the character. Like, of he course. wants to keep it real, you know? So, of like, course. it felt real. Like, he would be a great escort. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Like the boyfriend experience or whatever the fuck. Like it yeah. felt very, yeah, it felt real. And I'm I'm so happy to have, and, and we found some really great moments when we get caught immediately. Like we started like laughing yeah. and being like 
cute together and that really made it like there's like um there's almost like a more intimate sexual history between us even though it's the first time we're hooking up or like i don't know how to explain it it's so ugh. but anyway after we shoot the scene and we're like drenched in sweat or whatever yes i mean because there is we there gave is, each other a hug oh my gosh. and we're like we're like that's amazing thank you so much thank you so much we took a photo a selfie and he signed his sag papers and left wow <laughs> Yeah, very cut and dry. You know, like there's we. Uh, I don't think there has, needs to be more. Of course not. Of course not. You know, and we did talk about like, was that okay for you? Was that yeah. okay for you? This was this was fun. This was great. That worked. I love these moments we found. Like, it was actor to actor. We were v- being very like happy about putting on putting like putting forward good work. Because it was you know about, what I mean? you're remaining present, to, and oh my gosh. So when you, how how much <laughs> how much longer did you feel high? Like you came home and was till even now. Wow. Eve, I'm glowing. Well, I mean, my my display is all fucked up, so I can't really see what your skin. Like. <laughs> yeah. Please believe I'm Dewey. <laughs> but yeah, that that's a great question, Angie. Like that afterglow. Yeah. I, w- I felt I was buzzing. Buzzing. I'm buzzing. I, can, I am getting like a contact high from it. Like your description uh-huh, of it. Like uh-huh. I'm like getting yeah a contact high like, from. Yeah, it felt like someone like struck a tuning fork. Yes. And took the base of that tuning fork and put it on your loins. It on my taint. Yes. yes. Exactly. And it's just like. Oh my god. And you feel it in between your ears, like like the right right. I mean, I know exactly oh. those points. Like it's for people uh, who have ASMR sort of things. I that's the same spots that you usually get the things. Like you get them on the inner thighs oh, really? and, the, and the thing. I found like people that have ASMR, I which I do intensely. Like I get them on the on my top of my knees, on the inside parts of my thighs, and um, uh, yeah, like down. Like I get it on the sides of my body, basically. Okay. Yeah. What does that have to do with ASMR? This like loin pull thing. When you're like feeling like that ting oh. of a sexual, uh-huh. um, not just attraction, but like being desired, desiring like that. Yeah, desire. The, I mean, it is. It is. It's that feeling when someone wants to devour you. Yes. And you want to be devoured. Yes. And you know, yes. you know what that you feeling know. is, you guys. You've all felt it at the club. You felt it at the bar. You felt it in line yeah. at a Kohl's. You felt it. And so, how sad that I felt it. I felt it on set as a character no. of a of a sex scene that I wrote. Not only that, but you. That's, can, that's so. That is such the dream of every narcissist. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> You're living the fucking dream. Well, it's like, that's sad. That's so sad that that's how I am, like, instead of out in the world at the club. That's worse. I'm doing it on set in a controlled environment with an actor that's paid to act like that. I would argue that it is better and safer on this set. set. It's creative. Pound for pound, if you're getting the ding. Yeah, yeah. You're You're not trying to be a try guy out here. You know what I mean? Like... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, can we talk about that? (laughs) Ned Fulmer. Why are... Why is everyone upset? What am I missing? I don't know. It's because he betrayed us. I don't. And, and the thing is, I think he—he. He, it's more of a Jen 
Z thing, they grew up with Try Guys. Remember when BuzzFeed uh-huh. was a cultural moment? Like BuzzFeed quizzes, BuzzFeed as a humor, sure. BuzzFeed as culture was so deeply entrenched. And for us, we were in our yeah. 20s, so it's just like a stupid thing you do. If you were 12 or 11 right. or 13, it was like the hottest thing. It'd be the thing. hottest thing. It's like that's yeah. your first interaction with the internet. That's your first right, relationship right, you right. have with content on the internet. So I don't know what that's like. I'm too old. And I also, so I'm not, I don't fuck with the Try Guys like that. I don't even, I was like, okay. The only reason why I, I don't think I've watched one Try watched, Guy video. I tried. But guys. <laughs> <laughs> no. I've tried Try Guy. I've tried. But guys. Yeah. No. I mean, like, I, I couldn't. I couldn't. I, I die. I die. I can't. I can't. I cannot. Yeah. No, thank you. It's, not for me. I'm too old. I, I couldn't watch three like uh, Humpty Dumpty white men and a closeted Korean yes. <laughs> talk about trying soba noodles or whatever the fuck. Like I couldn't. It's not for me. Not for but me. that's okay. But I will say it was fierce that the now completely gay and out Eugene Lee Yang. Yeah. Gave the nastiest mug of centuries while talking about why they got rid of Ned Fulmer yes. and that he is not, I don't is that his name, Fulmer? Yes. That he is not part of their brand. He, that's not what they stand for. And he they will be moving forward, digitally erasing his ass from the records <laughs> on the Library of Congress. This is so crazy. Like it was, I was like, whoa, it's, what are we talking? What? This is what's crazy. This guy cheated on his wife. Che- what, am, che- I must be missing something. They, he cheated on his wife. There's been tr- so does everyone. Why is this guy? Quote unquote trauma was inflicted onto these straight white men. <laughs> That's what they're describing what? it. And also, I don't understand. Very, Someone explain it to me. Do you remember when they're using the same technology that made Robert De Niro thirty years old in The Irishman? Young. Yeah. Uh, oh no. They're like using oh, no. the cutting edge technology that Martin Scorsese used. Like this is Avatar yes. shit. Like he's James Cameron came in and edited <laughs> Ned Fulmer out. It's crazy. <laughs> That's what they're doing. Like, the fuck? <laughs> what? I I was I was um, reading a, like an assessment. Why are they going so far? Is it like? I mean, it is to me. They must be pissed at him. Obviously, personally, for sure. they're pissed. But it's at also him. incredibly. It's like such a straight culture shit it's to be monogamous to like be this ups- like it's like so puritanical and straight yes oh, it's so it's like okay just, yeah it's like just boring. be chill just be chill like when <laughs> adam levine yeah. they're like adam levine is cheating and i'm like why is this news? I don't need to know this. And I honestly do not care. I don't think I have ever looked at Adam Levine and his fucking body of douchebag tattoos and was like, yeah, this guy is a fucking beacon of morality. <laughs> like, And also, someone cheating on their spouse has nothing to do with us. And... You don't know their issue. You don't know their inside story. Like, why are we putting judgment on faithfulness of, of the doctrine of marriage or whatever the fuck? Like, why? I, I guess you, what you're saying is we care because we're still a fucking Judeo Christian state, and uh, we gasp at rock stars I, being unfaithful. Well, I think, what the fuck? Well, I think some of it is a hundred percent. The way that news is breaking now, like it being uh, like via DMs and TikTok, this type of gossip, it's and it is truly gossip. You know, the type of gossip that has 
the same it'd be it's the same sort of means of dissemination uh that happens with like the same type of gossip that breaks inside of a community like you're a friend group mm. a, a screenshot right mm-hmm. and now the exact same things can be used for public figures like you mm-hmm. know and it's it, it brings a type of immediacy to it that's really crazy. Yeah. Just like how everyone knows how someone is cheating on their wife in the in whatever friend group, in your community, in the mm-hmm. improv, comedy, whatever, like any sort of community you're in, this type of news really spreads so quickly. And now that it's like a public figure and you can just put up a fucking TikTok and then all of a sudden that's viral. I think that's part of it. Yeah. That part is really interesting to me, just like how gossip like this is breaking via TikTok. And and so mm-hmm. there is actually no journalism that needs to be done. Like all of the That's uh, it's not journalism. That's it's not, not but it's like but it is being covered it's, as we a, don't need TMZ is what you're yes, saying. Yeah. Yes. Like we could just get it on TikTok. We don't need like the Daily Babbler or yes. whatever the fuck like us weekly. We'll just get it on TikTok. So I agree with that. And the changing face celebrity gossip. Celebrity gossip and the changing face of PR and spin. And the way that also very specifically with the Try Guys, like there's some parts of Gen Z and our pop culture right now that reads as so deeply puritanical and straight. Very bizarre. I know. And it's like so counterintuitive to quote unquote woke culture and this um, language of therapy that has been co-opted by the culture as well like it's so interesting to Mm -hmm. me how we're like yeah he's you don't know i i just thought the the way that the the try guys are all quote unquote use are using the word quote trauma trauma (laughs) girl be gone i don't understand like I don't get what? it. Ta- y'all just fell out. Stop it. Yes. The Spice Girls quit. Like y'all, people just quit teams. Like it's, it's okay. okay. You don't have to call it trauma. This is your your co- leg didn't get blown off in Vietnam. Stop calling it trauma. Can you imagine if like your coworker at work cheated and then you went to a therapist and were like, "I'm traumatized." <laughs> oh my god, uh, James is cheating. <laughs> Can you believe it? He always takes off his ring at work. I was like, what? I was so, so surprised. I mean, all of it. But Eugene's like face was truly um, giving uh, all of I it. I love I mean, it's truly. All of it. Yes. Because they were really trying serving, to do it. She was giving. She was giving. It was cunt. It was really everything. Also, everyone else is, everyone else is wearing response. J. Everyone else is wearing J. Crew. This bitch is wearing like clothes from the future, like <laughs> Balenciaga. Yeah, yes. it's seriously. I'm like, bitch, what is happening? Who is the stylist on this shoot? <laughs> Where is Buzzfeed? Like, I don't. There was the two others looked like Frumpty and Dumpty. Yes. Looking like they got their clothes out of Ross Dress for Less's garbage can outside. Like, it was so... <laughs> it was stark. Like, and and Eugene, Eugene had all his rings on, hair coiffed, bla- deep bla- v-neck. Deep v-neck, black. Had to do black. He looked like he had been... Uh, the bitch was like, I'm in mourning. <laughs> we are burying a friend. Mourning, but from the... It looked like... In a cohort. He had uh, just, like, uh, beamed on board the Starship Enterprise. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he was, like, from, yes. like, a cool future society. And the rest of them are still... Living- Take me to that future where everyone looks like that. And the future is queer, Asian, pompadours, <laughs> and kitten heels. Like, let me come at that future. 
Leave this planet. <laughs> it's really Everything wild. is bad. Everything is it bad. It's so wild. <laughs> oh, wait. So speaking of leaving, I am. I just had my last comedy show last night. Biscuits? My last, like, sh- I'm like. What do you mean last? I'm, like before you go into yeah, labor? Yeah, before I go. And like I'm taking an extended oh, okay. break to. Okay. Okay. To, Tell me about to this. To finally address uh, my pregnancy. And to finally deal with the reality, <laughs> I'm going to be having a child so fucking soon. Like I literally shouted on, on I screamed in literally weeks. multiple weeks. 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 Like I'm five weeks from giving birth, and I said I screamed into the mic last night at the show. Like I'm so fucking pregnant. Why am I here? Like, why am I? Yeah. Why, why are you? What the fuck are you doing? I am making dollars. I am making mere dollars. You can't even, like, drink the free no. domestic beer they're giving out as payment. I cannot. And it wasn't. It was. I brought my own soda because I wasn't sure what the situation was going to be. Oh, so you're losing money, honey. Yes. You're really. You're you're going to the Costco. You're buying the soda water and you're bringing it to the clubs. <laughs> Oh yeah, just like so. I finally, I am taking a break. Something's wrong. Something's deeply wrong. <laughs> Should I be having another kid? Like all of it, like melting down on stage last night. Like ah. I don't know. I, Florida says it's too late. So. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just I'm like I don't know. Um, that's it's like it, I just I'm taking a break just so that I can finally focus on because I am. I will say. With this pregnancy and maybe with this time and having turning 40 and all this stuff, like I feel incredibly disconnected from this uh, reality, like of having another child. Mm. I have I have not thought about it. I don't even know where this baby is going. Like, I don't know where in our, my life. I'm. What do you mean? Where is it? Where it's going? <laughs> in like, my home. You have a room set yeah, up? I do not have a room set no, up. No, you have a room. I, Peter Kim, I do not. I have no room. I have not. I have. What? I have a crib. I, not even a crib. I've got the bassinet. Oh, okay. I've got the ba- like a bassinet. Yeah, bassinet. So I'm only. I'm just like thinking, like I'm giving myself three extra um, months. But also at the end of the day, like bitch, I know better because if those three months are going to be crazy. I really should be thinking about it now. So yeah. yes, yeah, I am yeah. not making. I just haven't. I, like I see there's parts of me that have always bemoaned people's lack of imagination. You know, we talk it all about it a lot with like casting agents where they're like, can you put on a blue button up? Cause I can't imagine you without <laughs> it. Like, you know what I mean? I yeah. can't see it. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. Now I understand this type of, <laughs> I, I understand these types of uh, stupid people because I'm like that. I can't imagine what my, I haven't even, yeah. taking a moment to process it so i am like kind of just taking an extended break from shows break from like mm-hmm. and trying to get present and start thinking about the real reality like i am giving birth in five weeks uh mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my wow. god i know wow <laughs> it's so schedule c-section schedule c-section it could happen earlier because she is cooked um, she's ready to she's go. Ready to go. She's done. Um, oh, you could feel it. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, you know, yeah. there is like a term like after because she was supposed to come like end of November. Yes. So, but now yeah. she's. I guess that's five weeks. So it's like 32 after 32 weeks. Like you know, it's safer, but it's like I am 
you know, I'm I'm so heavily pregnant and so visibly mm-hmm. uncomfortable. Like I have also, um, I wasn't gaining weight. So then I like created this program for myself to gain weight, to try to gain weight and eat a lot of meat. So I have had 12 hamburgers in the last uh, four days and was it was true what it, it was gross i don't know for those of you if any of you guys are living that kind of lifestyle it, it was like it is so gross and i did gain a ton of weight but and but also now my blood pressure is very high <laughs> yeah why would you eat hamburgers of all things I there's I like better I, I can't have steak tartare i'm not living that kind of life i i, I cannot have a okay. ribeye every day <laughs> I'm not living a ribeye life. I'm having ground okay. beef. <laughs> you can't have like a bulgogi or something or like a chador. Yeah, or, even or mix that. It up. Even that. That's like expensive, you know? <laughs> I, as opposed to just eating a hamburger. So you're living a Big Mac. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm living okay. hamburger life. <laughs> I've got, got bulgogi, tartare, you know, dreams, hamburger reality. Yeah. So that. All right. <laughs> like, I mean, all of it is just sort of coming to bear on me. Like, I am. Just, I think I need a, just a, a moment to f- really focus on what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. Because I think before this, mm-hmm. I was so... Yes. You know what yeah. I mean? And so just settle the house internally. Because I think also turning 40 mm-hmm. so recently, I was so preoccupied mm-hmm. with my... Like, you know, your emotional... Um, it's like where you are in life, like doing all the sort of like mm-hmm. large benchmarks. Bench- yes. And I wanted to like finish yeah. certain projects and shit. Um, and, and now I'm like, oh, right. This the main project is ending. Uh, I am up the, the due, line, the due yeah. date is coming up. So I need to focus. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I do need to be present for this. I can't be working on all these extracurriculars. When the project is due. Well, I think that's a great idea that you have you've done your last show and you are you're you're taking that time. That's great. (sighs) I mean, you need it. She needs it. Yeah. You know, the house needs it. I think that's a great (laughs) I think that's a great idea. Yeah. I mean, we'll see how I do with it. Um You know, here's the thing. If you constantly are checking um, Instagram or Twitter, you will have FOMO. Yes. Like bad. Bad. And then you'll start like jonesing. Yes. I mean, how, how do you deal with FOMO and even like shows and all that stuff? Listen, the show thing, I still have trouble with when I see other people on booked on shows and I'm not. And I'm like, what about me? But I have, I've developed a response where, oh, are we back on the, (laughs) sorry, folks, we're going to wrap it up soon. I, I deal with it by just sitting in the discomfort of it being like, I wasn't invited and that feels bad because it brings me back to all those times that I wasn't invited to parties when I was young to like fame, not famous, the popular kids parties or makeup parties or something like that. And I was like, you know, the weird chubby Asian kid who was obviously gay, but closeted, 
you know, like <clears throat> it brings me back to those days. I'm like, oh, I'm unworthy. But then I sit through it lately and just kind of breathe through it and be like, oh, no, I'm saying that to myself. They're not even thinking about me. And then I move on. But I have to take those two steps because I don't know how to not get the FOMO. I don't know if I don't know if there's a way. I don't know if I could magically be like, oh, good for them. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, there is something so deeply, like in the in the deepest recesses of my heart. Mm-hmm. It's always about not being invited to the popular kids party. Yes. Always. Yes. Always. Me too. So I mean, I think. I, I, oh shit. Um, I think that that's always going to be the hardest part for me just regarding. <sighs> that's why you you have to not see it. Like, it's like you always going to the bulletin board of a cafe. Actually, that's not a good analogy. It's like peeking at the popular girl's calendar and being like, oh, it's so full. You know what I mean? That's what Instagram feels like. It's like, I'm not. I don't have to see what the popular kids calendar looks like. Actually, it's better if I don't know. But I have there's a thing about me that wants to hurt, I think. Yes. So I so I like keep going for it. I'm like, "See, look at that. They're hanging out without you. These cool people are hanging out without you." <laughs> and you know what they all think of me? Pound for pound, 10 out of 10 people, if they ask like, "What do you think about Peter Kim?" They all, I bet they would say, "Oh, he acts like he doesn't even want to be around us." <laughs> guarantee i guarantee you so like you know that is what it is i mean there's just a part of me that always at least with instagram and even like what you're talking about like you kind of want to hurt like it's like picking at this sort of scab but i feel like Mm -hmm. i'm going to you know if i did theater in high school it's like you know the the cast list that gets posted after yeah. the auditions. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, I expect mm-hmm. to go there and it says, Unji Kim was not cast. Yeah, instead of not just not having your name. <laughs> <laughs> that it explicitly says, Unji Kim was not cast in the role of, of successful and popular comedian. <laughs> like, that's what I want to go see. Like I want to see that confirmation that not only yeah. am I a piece of shit, but other people You were not agree. picked. Yes, that other people also well, did not pick me. Well, that's hard to do when you're on a popular Hulu show and other comedians are like, how the fuck did she get this gig? <laughs> it's been really crazy, like, having to go up with this credit because everyone just keeps talking about it. And I'm like, I please stop talking about it. It's so embarrassing. Why? It's cool. Yeah, it's, it's exciting. It's not embarrassing. It's cool. It's, it's a bit... Cool. It, it, it's embarrassing for me because I think I just don't know. I don't know how to even accept this to like, you know, bring mm-hmm. it in. Like there's something about it. Like that success is not a part of my life. It's not a part of me, you know, because I need to see that Unji Kim was not cast. Right. Right. You can't see that she was cast and she's, doing well and having a fun time um i think the first thing you should do is watch it honestly like go from the back this way like go from midwest to back okay i think that's a good way to watch it i think 
yeah. I think it'll give you a boost of confidence, especially while you're not on stage during this time. Yeah. It'll be nice. And I think it'll be good for your daughter too, like to be like, oh yeah, my mom's feeling it. Like that'd be that I bet that feels cool in the womb. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Well, thanks for listening to this crazy ass in and out episode. This is how we're doing it. Like this, we are living on the edge of technology. <laughs> we love you so much. Oh, by the way, before we go. Ta-da! Yay! So our eye goal, they look so good, but you know, my big ass head looks crazy in it. But these are the eye goal. Uh, well, you can't see it, but I'm holding up um, bucket hats. I do my bucket hats. It says eye goal on it. And the cool thing about it is it doesn't even say Ajima show on it. So, like, you can just wear it around and the the cool people will know. And then the coolest people will know, no. So, that's – hold on to your Patreons. We're sending those out ASAP. Um, you know, update your uh, preferred mailing addresses, all that on the Patreon op. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Unji, I pray for your computer. We'll be back. <laughs> A uh, few more episodes till 250, and then we're taking a concerted break. Remember that till the end of the year, and we're back in January. Um, so, all right, we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.